please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 400. Oh, my God. 400. We made it. Episode 400. 400. And we have a very special, special guest. Last time we did a milestone episode, which is episode 300, we recorded with this very gentleman in a pub somewhere in suburban Melbourne. Yes, far did, away. Far away. <laughs> ha- and we all had just watched uh, Star Wars A Force Awakens. And also just had flown across the ocean. So we always like one of the three of us at least to have just flown across the ocean. Right. So Steel Saunders <laughs> literally just landed. This is Star Wars podcast ring theory. It's, yes. it's all poetry. It all rhymes. The, the coda. But uh, yeah, I just got off the plane very bleary-eyed. And I just had the same week that you had. I flew in that day to Australia because now I'm based in America mm-hmm. and, and did the... I, I, Woke up really early on the plane because I was like, that'll set me up for a nap in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Didn't have time for a nap no. in the afternoon. <laughs> so I was, I went about t- 32 hours awake and jet lagged. Wow. But I got to see one of the greatest things to ever to be projected on a big white wall. So I don't care. So just so to be saw clear, Lawrence of Arabia. So yeah, it was <laughs> Godfather, the first one. They did it. They reprinted. Uh, it was Diddy's new vodka commercial. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's great. So folks, here's what we're doing. This is episode 400, but this also is a Star Wars: The Last Jedi spoiler app. Yes. So if you have not seen this, if you're one of the few people on the face of the earth that has not seen this movie, I would pause this and watch and go watch it and come back because we're going to talk about everything that happened including the ending we are going to get into it into it so we will spoil uh this who movie. died who didn't die right. are we going to talk about the middle no we're not going to talk about the middle because okay, that's my favorite bit of any movie the yeah. middle. <laughs> it's awesome get Just in there slow exposition there's yes. no end without it <laughs> there's, there's i'm interested that you're going straight to the spoiler you're jumping you're just jumping the normal review. I, I think it's smart. I put up a review on Wednesday morning. I saw it Monday in Burbank. And then I flew back to Australia Wednesday morning, uploaded my reaction video. And people are like, oh, you shouldn't put spoilers out already. And it's like, well, the spoilers are already out. I'm just reviewing it. It says spoilers. It's up to the adults on the internet. Right. To not click it. Yeah. Who, who don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, we've found that out since. But it's it's this interesting catch-22 because if you're someone that wants to listen to a podcast breakdown the new Star Wars movie, aren't you someone that's going to go see the new Star Wars movie in the first three days that right. it comes out? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I've got no interest in anyone telling me vaguely what they thought of it you know, I don't, the only yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. I know I'm not a huge Star Wars fan so it was I don't I don't care what you think yeah and honestly a lot of people I, I think and especially reviewers have been pretty careful about putting mm-hmm. spoiler free or spoiler review like so you know what you're getting into like there's no one stumbling on a review and going I didn't know that was going to be in there right you know yeah and I know a lot of times on you know your show you do reviews and you don't spoil stuff but it's not a Star Wars movie it's not an optional thing. Yeah. Like, you're not like, I might go check that out. 
Yeah. Or see what Chris and Graham. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you have to do that to go see it, you don't deserve it. Yeah. No. Leave me the space. I know. <laughs> I want that seat. Yeah. I'm eager. Yeah, you don't deserve it. I can. I guarantee. You, I don't give a shit what Graham thinks about the movie. I'm going to see it yeah, again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But now uh, we've uh, we've only seen it once so far. What, what are you on right now? I'm on three. Three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did it? Mm-hmm. So we all loved it, right? That's yeah. We can all say that. I walked out pretty stunned like loving it but just like i was in a car crash and then later on i worked out it was a marvelous car crash that changed my life for the better and in hospital i met the love of my life (laughs) (laughs) wrap that metaphor around your necks (laughs) wow that's a deep that's a deep that's a a very specific a trauma uh, unit uh, (laughs) metaphor okay uh, uh, so what? So what is it? How has it changed for you from viewings two to three? Yeah. So I did really like it the first time, mm-hmm. but I was stunned. And then since watching it the next two times, the issues I had with it, I've sorted out. And I sort of a lot of them I've worked out why, you know, that character wasn't that character, or and that sort of stuff. I've I've sort of processed why they had to make those decisions, and also so much glorious foreshadowing when you watch it multiple times ah. a lot of things like just del- like what okay so ray she put the books in the millennium falcon yeah okay so you sort of see her do that right. when she, she saves the jedi sacred yeah. scrolls or so, whatever and they show her closing the cabinet just when she gets into the escape pod to go to the supremacy the big snoke ship straight after that there's a scene with luke and yoda and Yoda says, Ray's already, she's, she's leaving with everything she needs. Something like that. But there's like a pun that Yoda knows mm. that she took the book. She's got the books. That's why he's just like, burn it all. Burn yeah, it yeah, all. Yeah, that's why he was, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Th- this is one of my favorite things. Like Luke Skywalker is the most important thing to me. I love Luke Skywalker. I had t-shirts for the premiere that said ignite the green. I just wanted the lightsaber to get turned on one more time. And I really put a lot on that. Like it was so important for me for him to ignite the green lightsaber again. But then he doesn't really ignite it in the film. Like in the flashback he does. And ironically, that's his least heroic moment. Mm-hmm. Like the callback to one of his most heroic moments, which is above the Sarlacc pit. So he doesn't do it, but what I didn't, I always said like, I can't see what else Ryan Johnson could do to satisfy me about Luke Skywalker, except for igniting the green lightsaber and saving the day. But I also said, I'm not a writer and it's his job to be there, like to have the imagination so if there's a way that will satisfy me that's not igniting the green lightsaber, like, it's not my job to know of it. Mm-hmm. It's Ryan Johnson's, like, job. And if I knew it, then I'd think it. But I'm not creative enough. Do you know what I mean? But right. he is. And he came through because what I actually wanted wasn't the green lightsaber. It was sort of the symbol of the green lightsaber. And that was just for Luke to be a hero right. one right. more time. Mm-hmm. And Which is, in effect, lighting the green lightsaber. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. sort of the only way with my little kid, Luke Skywalker mind. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could sort of think of him being a hero. Right. And Ray says towards the start of the film that, you know, we, you know the, the Resistance needs Luke Skywalker. 
against the First Order. And Luke's like, oh no, that's just like, Luke Skywalker's a legend. I'm not, you know, that's, it's gone too far. And Ray says, well, the galaxy needs a legend. And by, and then later on he goes, what do you think I'm going to do? You know, go up against the whole First Order with a laser sword? And it's everything that happens, like... He does it. He, I mean, that, that's exactly what that he was does. Su- that, to me, yeah. at, I, I was like, when that first started happening, I go, oh, wait a minute. Did he, he went and dyed his beard to come for this battle? You know, that's what I was yeah. thinking when they did that. And then when, it, when, it, when he was projecting himself, I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so brilliant. And he... And, he, and, and you, could, you could make sense where that would take the last of his life force out of him. Right. To do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there, is, there is a line, I'm not that focused on it yet, but... How they're doing the stuff where Snoke is making them see each other through the Force. Uh, Kylo Ren makes a comment that she knows that it's not Ray doing it because it would kill her. Right. Because to project through the Force is so draining. So there's right. there's a few little seeds about that. But when Luke rocks up, you'll note that uh, when you see it the next time, they sort of make a point that when you walk on Crate, the planet at the end, it leaves red footprints. Mm-hmm. And then when they show them getting into battle stance, you know, it shows Kylo Ren's feet adjust and red comes out. Luke Skywalker adjusts, no footprint. Oh, oh wow. Interesting. So that's what you yeah. notice like in a later viewing. Yeah. Right. Mm. I didn't notice that the first time. Which and I love that. I love mm. that red sand dust thing, by mm. the way. That was awesome. Well, there, there's so many callbacks to like the other movies too. Like everything from Yoda actually being a puppet. Like instead of like, they could have easily CG'd Yoda, but when you look at him close, I'm like, oh no, that's that's still a puppet. And uh, also, when you have walkers advancing on the rebel base, like, uh, and it looks like snow from Hoth, I'm like, and then somebody makes the comment, this is salt. Like, right. uh, you know, I'm like, okay, okay, so it's not snow. Yeah. Get it. But I, I want to uh, mention this first piece of trivia because it relates to what you're talking about with Luke and Mark Hamill. Uh, after reading the script for the film, Mark Hamill told director Ryan, uh, Ryan Johnson, I pretty much fundamentally disagree with every choice you've made for this character, which, of course, of Luke. Uh, now, having said that, I've gotten it off my chest, and my job now is to take what you've created and to do my best to realize your vision. So, uh, That's Ma- interesting. Yeah, Mark Hamill's performance, you'd never get the sense that like he wasn't fully on board with what was going on on the screen. What specifically did he not, did he not agree with? Just so, the, 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 the I-don't-want-to-be-a-hero-anymore aspect of Luke in this movie? Yeah, I think... After all this time, Mark Hamill thought a lot like me that, you know, Luke Skywalker's path was let's ignite the green lightsaber and save the galaxy, kick some ass. But I I just, I love where it sits now. Um, I'm trying to think of other things about the call, but there's, he's also, his outfit is exactly the same as the last time he saw Kylo Ren. Like, his whole look, you know, that's why right. he's got the dyed right. beard and stuff. And I love that flashback Luke Skywalker. Ooh, I want to mm-hmm. make that into a bit of plastic for me to buy, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that a lot. But now, what did you think of the character motivation specifically for him having that moment of weakness and he was going to kill basically his nephew mm-hmm. in his sleep? Uh, but then as the story progresses, you realize he had that thought, but he wasn't going to follow through with it. Like, how did you feel about that being um, a legitimate motivation for Luke Skywalker? I liked it because mm-hmm. it was it showed he wasn't perfect. And it was unexpected for sure. Oh, massive. Like as someone that, you know, spent two years 
you know, trying to work out what's going to happen in the film, they, they did keep some amazing things like on the down low. And the whole question whether Luke was going to ignite the green lightsaber was a big one for a lot of fans. And they'd kept, like Ryan Johnson had sort of decided with Lucasfilm and Disney, like these, he, here's a list of things that you can't put in the trailers. Like these are the sacred right. things that we, you know, obviously Yoda would have been one of them. Luke doing anything off um, Akto, the island. Uh, but I, yeah, I liked it. It's it's not what you want, but it's sort of like what you need. You, like you just want like golden boy Luke, everything's perfect. And a lot of the expanded universe, you know, the novels that came out in the 90s, it was that view of Luke Skywalker. Like it can't all be the Sarlacc pit battle where everything goes you know, perfect to plan, like, you know, right. front flint, catch a lightsaber, uh, save everyone, as uh, brilliant as that is, it's it's sort of false to have, like, a, you know, a godlike deity that, well, you the know, books, everything does perfect. The books aren't considered canon anymore. No. Right. So, because there's a lot of stuff that happens in the books that, you know, obviously this movie's going in a, movies are going in a far different direction. Yeah, but that's where the sort of, those books went in the Luke Skywalker's always perfect. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was like his mm-hmm. finest hour stretched out over 20 more years in right. the timeline. <laughs> well, the thing I, you know, you know, when, when the first trailer came out, it was like, the Jedi must die or end or whatever mm-hmm. he says in the trailer. I was like, wow. So they're calling it the last Jedi. Maybe this is obviously. Because Jedi could be plural. We didn't know at the time sure, what that could have meant. Sure, <laughs> And it's also like, like, is this Mark Hamill saying, I'm done with this, the way Harrison Ford said with the last one? But and initially I was like, really? Luke is, is like, I don't want to be a hero? This guy that was jumped into being a hero from day one, he was the one who had to convince Han Solo. He is now like, oh. At first I was like, oh, this seems like bullshit, like you've contrived this. And then as it played out, I was like, no, I actually, I do like this. And I do kind of agree with you, Steele, that it's like, Maybe he was we, worn out. He was worn out. And also, mm-hmm. he viewed, if he is that much of a... So the Jedi are samurai, right? That's that's mm-hmm. what... what so, so if he thinks anything that he had done or created or taught was going to be negative, he would end it, take his own life, or, or banish himself to an island in the middle of nowhere. And so that was like, well, that would make sense because he would have... Become Jedi Ronin. Right. And that would be like... Uh, you know, that would be his sort of um, honorable death, you know, is I'm not going to do anything. And that's his code. And so his self-banishment, self-banishment. And if he had a moment of weakness of thinking about killing a kid, then he that's where he's like, I'm and he knows the power of his of his power, his command of the force. And he's like, if it's if I use this for good in any way. And that was a thing. It, it, as I thought about it, I was like, this makes way more sense now because his barrier to or his hurdle when he first started down the path of becoming a Jedi was he was angry, he was impetuous, he was emotional, young, young he was a hothead. And so that was the thing as, as we went from A New Hope to a Return, that's where we saw his arc. We saw him become a Jedi um, all of that, oh, he's too old to start the training, all that stuff. So I it, it makes sense that if you're Luke Skywalker and you've worked so hard to get that out of your system and then you have this just flicker of weakness that you'd be like, forget it, I'm out. 
Well, I, I can't. I can't, I would be so embarrassed and ashamed that I've gone down this spiritual path, this path right. of the light, this path of of positive energy, and I had a moment of weakness that I just I'm I. I'm done. And then the other students were killed by Kylo Ren, so right. he blames himself for all of as it. Well, for all of it. Yeah. Now, what I, what I found interesting too is the different things that they did with the Force, like we hadn't seen before, like the fact that Luke had shut himself off from it. Like when Ray said, "Well, I, you know, I feel a lot of things from the Force, but I don't see you or feel you in it," and realized that, oh, that's what he would do. He would shut himself off from the Force. So this he is, can't be sensed by Snoke or anybody of that level. Well, and or also, it's also feel like a self-punishment. Yeah, really. like his use of the Force led to the creation of Kylo Ren. So that was sort of like, you know, much like Ben Kenobi and Yoda put themselves in banishment. He's just like, you know, as he, as he complains to Yoda about it, it's like we've, we've been, we've, haven't worked out as a crew for quite some time right. now. Right. So let's ditch it. And then Yoda's lesson was that, you know, you can teach through failure if you learn from it. Well, and I also think, too, it's like, while well, we're not going to see Han Solo again, but, you know, for the next episode, we might see Luke again because he can be a Force ghost. You know, he... listen, if that dude doesn't come glimmering into <laughs> episode nine, <laughs> need the glimmer. Yeah. Need the glimmer. <laughs> well, Aaron, what did you think? I love the movie. Um, to go back to what what uh steel was saying the other the other thing that was a big um sign that that he was projecting himself was also the blue lightsaber in itself because mm. it was broken in the scene before it so i was sitting there like was that the biggest fucking continuity error ever or and then it came you know obviously came to fruition that that was a thing um i still think to your point as well like i still think there's that possibility that between episode six Return of the Jedi and when he tries to kill Kylo Ren like there's still he still could have had all those heroic adventures I mean we're probably never going to see them because he's aged out of the part essentially to play that to play that era but that still still could be in the canon somewhere obviously not like having kids or something like that well we're getting a Star Wars movie a year don't rule it out that we might uh, yeah, we it, might see some of those well, stories let's go into the kid <laughs> thing because you know they're all the speculation that Ray Who's her parents? Right. I loved that Kylo goes, your parents were nobodies. Right. That line reading is so funny. You're no one. You're nothing. Like, it's just yeah. like such a yeah. dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not. You think you come from this, like, royal bloodline? Nah. No. I saw your parents. They're, they're, they sold you. Yeah, yeah for, for a gambling debt or something. Which that has had quite a bad mm -hmm. backlash. The the fact that she's no one. But it's such... She's not Obi-Wan's daughter. She's not Luke's daughter. She's not anybody's daughter. Yeah, it's had such a backlash. But I think it's great because, you know, Luke Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker, they were who they were because of their parents. And I don't know. Is one of the worst problems on the planet today thinking people thinking they're someone because of their parents <laughs> not naming anyone but i love that it's like or you can be no one and be true of heart and become something great that's what i loved about it i love that because it's also like oh the force and having a connection to the force and ultimately going down the path of the jedi you don't have to be born into this royal whatever 
spiritual force camp. Yeah, force blood. You know, uh, uh, Jedi bloodline. Yeah, you can actually just some of the greatest people and thinkers and minds of our w- world came out of. You don't have to be part of the Skull and Bones Club no, at Harvard. No. Well, to be part of the 1% that is ruining the world, yes, you yeah. do need to be born into that horrifying oligarchy. Uh, I'm not naming names, but mm-hmm. the Clintons and the Bushes. But yeah. I, uh, um, but that's the thing I liked is is that she, I, I, I loved that. I mean, I, I, was, I, was, I was kind of itching for like, a, oh, who's her parents? It's going to be somebody now, amazing. But now, then when me, it wasn't, I loved it. Now, I don't know. Let me play devil's advocate here for a minute. Do you think maybe this is a misdirection and that he lied about who his parents or who her parents were and then we're going to get a big reveal in the next movie? I, or do you think it is as stated? That would leave me quite sour. It seems like he said that and she agreed with it. But, let me ask you this. When has an evil character in Star Wars lied? Um, they don't lie. No. They just tell the truth. That's right. They come right out with it and say, here's the ugly truth. Mm. Like when you think about Count Dooku and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he just says, oh, yeah, the Sith's leading the Senate and you know we're taking over. Like, you know, he just spells out the yeah. whole plot. Luke, I'm your father. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they've been wrong, but they they don't really lie. And I I I'd, I'd find it so trite if they did that. It's almost like the you know you after the season of Dallas you wake up and it's all a dream because mm. I'm just keeping all my references really contemporary these <laughs> days. <laughs> Like the end of St. Elsewhere. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. It was all in the kid's head. Hey, if you've got a problem with it, sit on it, all right? <laughs> but yeah, you... I would find that I, I, I can't, you, you can't make that much of a, th- like it's a thinker's Star Wars film. Like it, it, like the more you sort of think about it and the right. messages and stuff, to then like do a, a bizarre, like useless flip. And that's a lot of people that want it all to be connected or, you know, Snoke to be this person, that to be that person. It's like, to what end? How does... Like all these, uh, like we were talking about earlier, like there's all these Snoke theories that were... Uh, I mean, you even had a shirt, your Snoke theory sucks. Like, uh, what it was were... on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what were um, what were some of the Snoke theories that were bandied about? Um, Tarkin, a guy that had no force ability and blew up in the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mace Windu, a guy that flew out a window after getting his arm chopped <laughs> wow, off. Wow, really? <laughs> oh yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think I I like like analyzing just on a real life way. It's like so the Disney Corporation are gonna make the blackest guy in Star Wars be the whitest guy in Star Wars. <laughs> like it's not gonna happen. It's like people that want um, that wanted Ray to be the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. It's like hey, we've come up with this. You know, awesome, inspiring female role model. Used to be a dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like I sometimes people don't think of like in the canon, it's like that's ridiculous. But in the real world billion dollar movie industry, also pretty ridiculous. You know, right. the thing is like you you don't everyone doesn't need to be related or connected. So let's no. look, let, let's look mm. at let's look at World War Two. MacArthur isn't the long lost brother of, uh, you know, General Patton. You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, him, like. You can have two good generals. You can have two, they, they, yeah. they have no relation to each other. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm, they could I'm, be related because they're both called General. 
Oh, there right. you go. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? What's his, um, I'm blanking, uh, uh, Winston Churchill, it wasn't like him and, and, Gen- and, you know, Eisenhower were separated at birth. No, they just mm. were these mm. people from completely different backgrounds who joined this battle at the right time and needed to, needed to do something with regards to history. Right. <laughs> so it's like, mm. you could just have that. Yeah. But like, just say Kylo Ren says, oh, I know who your parents are. It's Ben Kenobi's daughter. What does that like? What, what does that add to the story? Right. right. Like, right. what message is there? Being no one, at, there's a message and there's like an inspiring it's not story. Necessary. People like there's a certain type of person that like loves the. It's all intertwined, but it's like, what does that do to make the story better? Right. Like the twist of Luke Skywalker going to kill Kylo Ren makes the story better because it makes like I I now understand why Kylo Ren is Kylo Ren. And I now understand why Luke Skywalker is on an island not using the Force. Like, it's a pivotal event that explains, like, the people's, like, like the next five happened. years of their life. But just, like... I'm yeah, with you guys. I mean, I, I don't ben think Ben Kenobi's niece. Yeah. I hope yeah. it doesn't. Like, I, 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 I agree with you, Steele. If they do come back and go, oh, actually, Ray is related to blah, I'll be like, no, man. You told me how cool it was. I would put this in the midichlorine column of dumb yeah. things to put in Star Wars movies of like, you told me she came from nothing and she has this innate ability and is now finding it and wanting to be on the good side. She could have been some criminal drifter mm. or whatever because she, you know, her parents were sold her as, as a slave. But look what she's choosing to do. Yeah. And, and then think about one of the things, because like, I love theorizing. I love thinking about all that stuff, using what information we have to try to work out who's what. I love doing that. But when it's proven wrong, you go, okay, well, that was fun. Let's yeah. Yeah. You don't, that. You don't, you don't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But one of the big things in trying to work out Ray's parents, who they were, like if they were like Han and Leia or if they were Luke Skywalker, it's trying to explain how they could be such shitty parents that they left their daughter on Jakku. Yeah. Like right. that was a big mm-hmm. part of it. They, they, I thought you grabbed our daughter. No, I thought uh, you did. Yeah. Ah, well, we'll get her next time. Mm-hmm. Look, well, we got an extra 20 credits. You know, it's just when she marks down like one million days on her little thing, which that was the one I think Ray's the best, except the way she counts inside her ADAT. I find that really annoying that she doesn't do the fives. Yeah. She just does all ones. It's just like, how do you count? Like every time you got to go back and count. Do it in fives. It's a good way to do it. But yeah, I, I just, the, the theories that make Star Wars worse or, or more convoluted. And, you know, some of my least favorite things about Star Wars is, you know, like Darth Vader making C-3PO. If you had said that on the schoolyard in 97, you would have been rightly beaten. Yes. Mocked. Yeah. Like, it, it's like a Mad Magazine article. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> we've, 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 you know, we've, we've gotten used to it over the years. But, uh, you know, when you think about, like, if you, if you had predicted that in, like, 95 or whatever... That was a good example of like trying to string things together that don't need to be strung together. It'd be like, honestly, I'll give you another example. So ESPN did this great series about the the Lakers and the Celtics of the 80s and basically how they helped build the league and they came from different backgrounds. It would be like if they went, but actually Larry Bird and Magic Johnson 
came from the same orphanage. No, they <laughs> came from completely different backgrounds. That's what makes why it, it's real life and why it was so compelling. Boston and Los Angeles, completely different cities. But see, now I want to see that movie where they did come from the no, same orphanage. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> there, you, there, there was some, enough drama inherent in that the, that rivalry of the 80s that helped forge the modern-day NBA. I just like seeing orphans do oh, well. Oh, God. <laughs> so do I, Chris, but we don't have to create them. It'd be such a confusing movie, though, because it's like if, if either one of them lose... The orphanage closes. Yeah, right. it's, it's just like, what? what? And they're, to, what? And they're playing each other. This is horrible. How about just. <laughs> or they could, in a surprising moment towards the end of the game, team up oh. yeah. to battle the red team in one of the best sporting scenes of all time. Yes. <laughs> I might be getting confused with what I saw the other day. When, when but, they beat uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Uh, well, I got to tell you my favorite part of this movie. And it was one of those um, kind of misdirects that I really liked. And, and it could have felt so contrived. But it re- I think uh, Ryan Johnson really pulled it off. Is when Kylo Ren, um, you thought he was switching sides. And he, um, he kills Snoke. And he looks at Ray and like, oh my God, he's turning back to the, uh, you know, the the light side of the Force. And then he's like, nope, I just kind of want to burn it all <laughs> and uh, get rid of everything and become the next Snoke. Now join me. So I thought it was such a really interesting uh, twist on a twist because you knew something was going to happen there with between those two. And but that I didn't see coming. I didn't see almost like a double twist that kind of happened. Well, the, and I thought it would, but but I didn't think it was contrived. I thought it was it made sense to me. It did too because mm-hmm. you see, you obviously we saw his conflict in the last movie. We see right. it in this one when he's engaging and then decides to disengage, and then we see that scene. So you keep thinking, oh, he's going to turn around the way Darth Vader did right at the end, and then you realize, no. Every time you think he's gonna, he doesn't, and I kind of like that about. And him. his resolve is even more as a villain now. Oh, yeah. which I thought was really interesting and, and really cool because now it's like, oh, well, now there's no question. He's earned the fact that he's never going back. He is a villain through and through, and he's going to get more and more ruthless as we progress because we still got one more movie to see how ruthless he can get. Aaron? Yeah, if he, if he had completely switched sides in that moment, I would have been like, why couldn't you do that two fucking weeks ago before you killed your dad? Yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn it, I love Han Solo. <laughs> like, that... Moment in the throne room. I cannot verbalize how good a scene of Star Wars that was. Like, who? I don't think anyone called that Snoke was gonna die in like, the second movie, halfway through the second film. Then the way it's done with the mind reading yeah. and stuff, and then the saber. I, I, Goosebumps, guys. I got goosebumps. Oh, yeah. They, Snoke is so arrogant that he, they just then rotate a saber to, uh, to turn on right by in his ribs. That was brilliant. Yeah. But then the shot of Snoke falling over and the saber comes floating towards the camera and Ray's hand reaches up to pick it up and then back to back takes on all the Praetorian guards. Right. Ah, so many good ways to kill people with a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. the Praetorian guard, like we like a full-on battle with the Praetorian guards, and that that, that was straight out of a martial arts movie too. Oh. Everyone had a different weapon, oh. <laughs> and uh, the lightsaber fought each one differently. And they had mm-hmm. just the sort of Star Wars, you know, space version of classic of martial like, art exactly, weapons. Oh, I just exactly. loved it, man. That was just there were Jedi chucks. There were Jedi Chucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's that one I forget the one, the chain one. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Ryan Johnson just put like like his foot on the accelerator to my heart rate. I wish 
I wish I had a camera on my face during that bit because it was just pure, like, it just took me to a place I didn't realize the film was going to go. And I, I was just five-year-old, mouth opened, laughing. I, I tend to laugh when people get killed really like interestingly hmm, that's a psychosis yeah <laughs> but there's one bit where like Ray but just in Star Wars movies or anytime <laughs> just in general like when you in watch general, the news general, yeah. just, no just down in Hollywood and <laughs> Ray's sort of like in a headlock or something and she drops she drops her lightsaber drops through it catches the lightsaber again chops off the guy's legs then chops off his head delicious it's great yeah. martial arts mm-hmm. and then when the guy falls into like the like whatever that motor was and then all this like red sprays up and it's like is that the suit or the I know. innards <laughs> it was so a little bit of each maybe Th- that scene was just you know, you know and there's this thing like we you know love these films and we've watched the original ones to death and we're so used to them and we were sort of um, brought into them when we were little so we accepted all the goofy scenes that for it's hard to almost see the goofy scenes like yeah. for the original ones. Well, that, that fight scene was like uh, Darth Maul in the prequels. Like, like you're like, oh, finally we get a really cool fight scene. Yeah, like yeah. that was like, yeah, and you're just cheering for it. But like when you like trip out about like the layer scene floating through space, and, and maybe like a few things you didn't agree with, you also have to go. Well, they did give us like there's so much like dopeness in the film, like that fight, you know, Luke coming back, Poe Dameron at the start, that like. You kind of have to sort of like, like bounce a few of the things that you're like tripping out on because it's never you've had you've listen. Everyone has thought about Star Wars too much. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true. Do you know what I mean? Like you just ponder. I don't think about Marvel films or X Men films at all, except when they're on. I'll go. I'll go buy a ticket, and I enjoy them because I don't. I'm not invested. I don't know what how they were portrayed in the comic book or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of like the curse of Star Wars is that we, we think about it so, so much. And, you know, and, and I think that's why it's had the backlash. I, I read an article with Ryan today where he said, rightly so, that George Lucas never, when he went to make a Star Wars film, he never went, oh, what do the fans want to see? Let's make that. He just wanted to do, you know, and it was kind of annoying sometimes yeah. when it wasn't right. what me as a fan wanted to see. But that's what he did. It worked three times out of six. It's <laughs> <laughs> 50%. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think? Like, Laura Dern, I thought. Oh, that was great. I loved I loved how she came in and then um, Oscar Isaac, you know, he's all hot-headed and she's like dressing him down. I'm in charge. And then, and then she relie- he does relieve her of duty for fairly easily at at one point. Uh, so I I don't know. I felt like uh, if there was you know if I had a little nitpicky things to say about it, I thought it was like like well, there's a lot of insubordination that's being tolerated in the rebel ranks. Like like he was really off the rails and like yeah, kind of like him, you know. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I mean, th- yeah, I was I was. I don't know. I don't know where I stand with that. I'm just like, would there be insubordinate? Would there not be? Would there? Would they be more? Are they trying to justify it by saying, oh, well, these guys are all rebels and he's going to do whatever it takes? I, I don't know. I just liked how, and then it's revealed, she actually did have a really good plan. She just didn't let everybody know about it like right. a lot of leaders do. Just mm, like, I'm yeah. calling the shots. I don't need to explain myself to you, subordinate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, who, and who then, just got demoted. Who just got demoted. <laughs> so, and then- she goes down with the ship. Mm. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah. 
I thought it was, you know, some people are like going, why don't, why doesn't she say to Poe what the plan is? And because to Laura Dern, who's like a vice admiral, like he's not, Poe Dameron's not Poe Dameron. Yeah, it's a, just like some he, dude. He's a pilot. Like but she hasn't admiral, been following him around on his adventures like in the last movie. An admiral, like a, an admiral of an entire fleet doesn't ask, tell a captain what, right. what the, he or she is doing. It's mm. like, I don't who the fuck are you? Just yeah. like, you know what I there, mean? There like, is, there is the a Secretary of Defense isn't telling like a lieutenant, here's the long-term plan for this yeah. uh, battle. There yeah. is, like, there when is I a chain asked, of I, command, especially when you have fewer and fewer people in your uh, ranks. <laughs> yeah. Like when I asked Grandma we're going to start the podcast and he just slapped me and he said, <laughs> it's a need to know basis. Yeah. <laughs> I said, just sit down Fair and enough. shut up, guest. Yeah. You know Jeez. what I mean? Drink some coffee yeah. and find your fucking mic. Guests don't have a rank. <laughs> well, are, well how, what order of the film? Sh- here, Here's the order we're going to film we're talking is when we fucking tell you what goddamn <laughs> order to talk in. That's how things are done yeah. here. Yeah. Now get in your X-Wing and shut up. <laughs> shut your yap hole. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and stop blowing up bombers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I didn't have a problem with Carrie Fisher floating through space and then they find, they catch her and put her back. I mean, mm, I had a little bit of a problem with that. Yeah, because you would die immediately. When you <laughs> yeah, the there's uh, there's that. I mean, you literally have seconds of life left. Yeah, when you, when you go on. and then specifically, but we like she but, like she was out in space. She uh, kind of woke up a little bit. She used the force to come back, knocked or on the door, however she did in the airlock, and they not, found her. Yeah, not, yeah. Not <laughs> Ding are, dong. Yeah, we are talking about space where there is noise. Yeah, of course. So there's that sort of like... It's a different type of space out there. Yeah. 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 My, space is a vacuum. You wouldn't hear anything. <laughs> on my first viewing, I was like, what is going on? And you wouldn't have fires either because there'd be no oxygen to, for <laughs> things to burn. <laughs> I had no idea. And it was so confusing to me. But I'm sort of used to it now. But the, I think the one thing that I would have liked to have had added was some acknowledgement that a crazy thing just happened. Right. Like, that shows, like, Poe Dameron and uh, Connex looking out the window going, wow. But I, I think, like, just to backseat direct, if there was just a little line when Luke was talking to Leia of, like, how's your training been going or something? And she's like, oh, it's worked. You know, it's helped out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to write the script. I'm not Lawrence Kasdan. I'm, I'm George Lucas. It's awkward dialogue that spells stuff out. But I just thought it was like this crazy thing happened and we weren't told like how that's perceived in the galaxy. Like, is that like, oh, it's, it's Leia doing a crazy space float again. Or it's like, oh my God, she, we never knew she had power. Like, we sort of don't know the context of her power to the people around her? We never, you know, in all of the movies, you you rarely, if it ever, have seen her use force power. Mm. Never. Never, right? Yeah. Oh, she's had the telepathy. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah, I just, there was just sort of no follow-up to get a reaction of, like, just an acknowledgement that that crazy thing happened. And I, and I sort of, I've thought about it every time. It's like, if just Luke and Leia, they had some discussion about how her training was going or something like that. I don't even know, like, it felt like a little, this is where I'm like, well, is that really necessary? I mean, blowing her out into space. You could have an explosion on the bridge and have her in the infirmary. That's fine. But blown out into space, using the force to come back from the vacuum of space uh, and coming back in, it, it stretched it a little bit too far for me as far as like a nitpicky thing but ultimately did it ruin the movie for me no it didn't it but it was it was a kind of thing where like it took me out of it a little bit like, mm. like i didn't i didn't think it was necessary 
or or believable. I you know you, you suspend disbelief for movies like these, of course. Um, but at some point, you're like, well, how far do I have to go? How far do I have to suspend yeah. my disbelief? Like I thought that was a little like you know just a hair over the edge, a little too far. Yeah, it's 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 hard because it's so defined what the Force is and what Jedi's can do. But I think if they're going to keep making these films and not just repeating, there does have to be some like ex- you know extension of of what can happen, what the powers are. Yeah, and, and, I, like and Ryan yeah. Johnson did a pretty good job that you know with you know Luke Skywalker, much like um, you know JJ when he had Kylo freeze the laser bolt, it was like. Right. Oh, a new power. Yeah, yeah. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I think too, like Snoke showed us some new powers in this one. The the you know, mind communication mm-hmm. trick or whatever he's doing. Where he could link two people using the force. That's yeah. what he did because he linked uh, uh Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah, for, for, force, force conference time. call. Force time. Force yeah. <laughs> Skype. <laughs> Go to force.com. Yeah. I love the way he can just Free like, force talk to <laughs> make Ray just shoot about the room. And the ah. Oh, lightsaber in the back of the head oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> delicious so what else what else do we want to anything any other scenes in this film that that pop up that we want to discuss that... what, are, what about force broom what'd you make of that at the end what do you mean the oh end? yeah when he uh the guy cleaning up he just used the force to uh get the oh, broom right. in his hand the kid yeah that was great and that to me goes back to why i loved the ray you come from nothing because those were slave kids mm-hmm. right. or so that you just see the kid. Oh, he has some powers and doesn't even know it. And it's sort of X-Men like in terms of like this exists in the universe outside of this group of characters. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just something some people have. And the question is, once you have it, you have to train it and foster it for good. Otherwise it can be the most destructive thing in the universe. Yeah. And what, Ray says to Luke, like Luke says, oh, you know, Luke Skywalker is just a legend. And Ray's like, well, the galaxy needs a legend right now. And then that last scene shows how the legend of Luke Skywalker has been passed on. And they're acting out the scene where he's standing in front of the um, ATSTs and Kylo Ren. And that's like the fact that he went and did that. Like, not only did it give the resistance a chance to get away, but that story spread and it's inspired the you know the spark of the rebellion or whatever you want to call it but it shows that the galaxy did need the legend of luke skywalker and now they have it and they're using that to inspire themselves and then when every walker shot at him and he just walked out of it because it was the projection yeah Mm -hmm. which is great and i think it's it's because at first that now were you guys like me we're like well what's going on that makes no sense like every laser beam just you know i was uh, completely missed him or he was able to block them what's well that's what i thought it was like with the snoke power i was like wow i guess we're really uncovering these deep uh, force Jedi powers that mm. we didn't know. Like he can, he can just. Oh, I take the energy of the blasters and I absorb or something. Right. And then it was like, oh no, man, he's just like a. You it's know, an it's astral like, projection. It's like an Ocean's Eleven. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a, a, mm. a heist movie, you know, mm-hmm. trick, which I loved, because um, he's doing that, and it's and then it, it 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 all feeds itself. And one of the things they talk about, the Laura Dern character, we got to get to this abandoned base. Right, and then we can get the message out, and then everyone will take up arms. So that, to me, and then we got to follow the crystal wolves. Yeah, the crystal wolves, <laughs> which was awesome. So 
what Luke did by astro projecting himself and and then so the story the legend will be told Luke Skywalker can't be killed mm. right so that legend's told and then we see the the the, the slave kids reenacting the story one of them has powers with the broom so you're just like oh you just put all the pieces together for the next uh movie of the 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 this sort of peasant uprising right. you know that's going to defeat uh you know the legend grew now that's the inspiration to um swell the ranks of the rebellion mm -hmm. because uh as this movie progressed the rebellion uh, ranks were getting smaller and smaller. Mm. Which I love that. And mm -hmm. I just love that Ryan Johnson's done the impossible, and that's to inspire a generation of kids to want to sweep up. <laughs> I, I, went, I went to Toys R Us, the Star Wars section, not a single broom left. Right. No, they're all gone. They're all gone. Yeah, well, if, if Disney can modify, well, they're monetize already, they're already brooms, selling brooms. believe there's me. Brooms yeah. In Target, there's a, there's a broom. broom. It nicely sets up the uh, Saturday morning cartoon, Jedi Babies. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there's going to be a sweeping musical mm -hmm. in, the, in the Star Wars Christmas TV special. <laughs> what about uh, what about Pogs? Do you like your Pogs? Uh, when when a Pog came on, was what are they called? Pog? Pogs. Pogs. P-O-R-G. P-O-R-G. Pogs. Um, when that character came on, the only thing I thought of was immediately was like, okay, there's already a toy on the shelf that looks like that. Like, literally, that was put in the movie to sell toys. Ah, Christopher, your cynicism. <laughs> what isn't in Star Wars to sell toys? Yeah, Do well, I thought that one specifically was uh, because the characters didn't really serve any other purpose other than that they were uh, on the island and Chewbacca was eating one. Yeah, but I... The things that don't serve a purpose are sometimes the best. Yeah, like just like the, like, no, the, the, like just random things. I remember in the Force Awakens that sandworm put his head up, and it's just like mm -hmm. it's just some random Star Wars stuff. But the story behind them is that there's birds on that island called puffins that look a lot like the porks. And when Ryan Johnson was there, he saw them flying around. He was like, "Hey, we could make these into uh, space space birds." So. Well, these are the things I want to talk about, too. These two sort of political, social things that were put in this movie. To me, what I saw was, oh, this was a pitch to be a vegetarian. <laughs> As a vegetarian, as that's the that's the moment. That was your takeaway? I, well, that was my moment yeah. of, like, I don't want to eat meat anymore. Veggie chewy? Yeah, because he's like, he, you see the actual animal, a, a live version of the thing you just cooked and eat, yeah, mm -hmm. you're about to eat. And then... So that was like with, oh, a, with a sad puppy dog with a face. Sad puppy dog <laughs> face. I do have to say, someone has messaged me saying I'm a vegetarian now. They saw that scene and they're like, I can't, I can't do it Good anymore. For Ryan I myself, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not going to eat any more porgs. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, that's true. The the porgs are off the menu now, even in the high end restaurants. <laughs> the other thing that was so glaring in this movie that I absolutely loved is we got to go to the worst place with the worst people. It's the uber rich, yeah. <laughs> rich, awful the people, casino. and they're in yeah. the casino. And what do they do? They profit from war. <laughs> I fucking loved that. Yeah. As a, as a, you know, I was just like, wow, way to go with the progressive socialism in the yeah. film, and just show how awful war. And it's, it's that's who's profiting in this what, world. What you also <laughs> see, what, what I liked too is, uh, you know, if you're a um, an arms merchant. It's like you don't just sell to one side. Like they even showed when oh, Benicio del Toro, mm. the uh, the codebreaker uh, slash 
rascal. Usual <laughs> uh, suspect. Yeah, yeah. Plus, <laughs> they, they showed us like you know he's like, oh yeah, there's these um, arms dealers. Oh, they're selling to the bad guys, and then an X-wing shows up. Yeah. Oh, and the good guys. Yeah, because if you're like I said, if you're an arms dealer, you don't care who you're selling to. Yeah. You, it's 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 money, it's weapons, and that's an exchange. And both sides, in the mo- if both if both if the war escalates, you profit. Now you don't you don't know this because you don't watch the show, Graham. But um, that theme actually comes up again in Star Wars Rebels, mm. the animated version. There's like a, uh, a, a, a I can't remember the character's name, but basically it's someone who deals with the Empire, makes money, but then also helps the rebels too because he helps whoever pays. So. I love that whole so, sequence. So it's come it it's um it's it's definitely being explored which is interesting because that's also a kids cartoon like like the show Star Wars Rebels skews even younger than the actual films mm. but it's still in there those themes are in there. Show show the mm-hmm. teach your kids how awful war is and how there's people that are creating war to profit from it <laughs> and put it in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I loved it. I, I I was like right on. The worst people in the galaxy are rich war profiteers. And they were all yep. uh, they were all gambling. They were putting like chips into BB-8. I thought that was a great scene. Drunk, uh, awful. That, that was um, Mark Hamill. Yes, because mm-hmm. he wanted to play a CG character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was hoping that it was Warwick Davis uh, doing the Leprechaun as an homage. Yeah, <laughs> he's in. It. He's got like a green lizard head or something in that in that same casino. Yeah. You know, Joaquin... were you distracted by that Justin Thoreau cameo though, where he no. was the gambler? No, was I was more trying to work out if that was the right person he was lo- yeah. looking for. They or never, not. yeah, they never really went. Yeah, it was right. It, it was, the, but okay. they found Benicio del Toro instead. Yeah, um, and, and what, I didn't, what I didn't realize, uh, Joaquin Phoenix turned down that role that went to Benicio del Toro. I'm like, you know. It fascinates me. It's like, if you're offered a, a role in a Star Wars movie, do you, you turn it down? Really? Even if you're Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is just making a career out of being a wingbird. Yeah. Because now you're a piece of trivia on IMDb instead of having a uh, another credit. And wouldn't you want to play this character that is so poignantly showing... Uh, the crazy greed and profiteering from war. Like that's what right. Benicio del Toro's yeah. whole mission yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and oh, actually, a uh, comedy film nerd's listener is in the Last Jedi. Who? Nathan Hamill. He's, really? Yeah, he's a, a resistance soldier. Him and his brother Griffin. And uh, yeah, if you get like that's Mark that, Hamill's son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you get the, they listen to the show. Yeah, Nathan yeah, does. Yeah, uh-huh. Hey, what's yeah. up, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, in the Visual Dictionary, there's there's photos of them all, you know, dressed up and stuff. It's uh, pretty sick. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. We covered a lot of ground. We did cover a lot of ground. Final mm-hmm. thoughts? Anything else? Uh, I, I just think it's... I got to see it a couple more times. I, I, it's, it's definitely a movie in it that... Demands another viewing, and that's a compliment. Like I really think, like like you were saying, there's stuff I'll pick up again, or like I'll pick up more on the second viewing. Like especially a lot of the foreshadowing. Yeah, I think I want to watch a Force Awakens at home, and then go to a theater and watch this one again. A lot of people like it's. I oh, shouldn't have to watch it multiple times to get into it. And it's like, oh, no, you, you sh- like you're wrong. From from those Star Wars films that you've only ever seen once. Yeah. Any yeah. Qua- any <laughs> quality on. film. Any quality film, regardless of genre, um, you can get more out of on a second viewing. That's the mark that's, of a, that's, that's a the mark, mark of a good film. That's the mark of a great film. <laughs> yeah. Is every time I watch it, I see something new, something mm-hmm. different. 
and I just haven't stopped thinking about it and processing going, oh, oh, like just all the things that set up the end of the film. So when you watch it more and more times, like you realize more pieces and, and things that maybe like, oh, why did they, you know, why, like, for, like Admiral Akbar, RIP. And people are like, how'd they kill him? Why'd they kill him like that? And it's like, he had to die to put Laura Dern in charge mm-hmm. to set that in motion. Right. And how cool was that? Um, you know that 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 whole that that's how she came to power, and like as the rebel army is slowly slowly getting decimated, that whole thing was great. So Admiral Akbar, how old was he by now? In fish years? Yeah, in uh, fish years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he hatched a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to give a shout out to hyperspace through the Star Destroyer. Oh, yes. yeah, that, that was, was rad. Cool. That mm-hmm. was so rad. Just we were, you know, I I saw it at Disney the first time, but then I saw it at that same cinema that we saw The Force Awakens. So, you know, it's an 800-seat cinema. Yeah. Rowdy people, hardcore Star Wars fans. The deafening silence during that. And then, oh, like, it was incredible that you can, like, have that sort of cadence in the performance of the movie that everyone's just like, like, the entire room, Right. Dead, silent, stunned. And I will say this too: thank you for not putting another Death Star in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, did, we didn't. God. We didn't need another one. Another one. <laughs> we, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're good on Death Stars. <laughs> dreadnoughts. Yeah, <laughs> I'll about. take a dreadnought. That's, yeah, that's okay. Thank, thank the maker. It, it got uh, it, it got bombed very nicely. <laughs> well, I think that's All episode right. four hundred. You guys. Oh my God! We'll Put it in the steel books. in another two years for episode five hundred. Maybe yes. this one will be recorded in, in another Australia? continent. Star Wars Episode Nine. That's what it'll, it'll fall on. Yeah, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, I'll be here. I'll, I'm ready to talk about it. We'll go see it. Maybe that one. Maybe every other one. We'll go down to Australia and watch it early. Early. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, all right, man. Where can people find you? Your podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to tweet Star Wars stuff. Steel Wars is my Star Wars account, and the podcast is. Uh, I've already got three. Like that's it's great you're doing your little reaction now. I've I've already got three reaction podcasts up, and uh, they're <laughs> quite diverse. One of them's quite analytical with Jason from MakingStarWars.net. Another one is quite emotional with my wife driving to the airport, where I get a little bit emo about my boy Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that was tough to see him go. And I uh, I'm I love it. I, I think it's mm-hmm. perfect. I just like I just needed him to be a hero one more time, and I got it. So mm-hmm. I left with a big grin. And then the third reaction is the the live podcast we did, which was you know it's always a great time. And yeah, so podcasting every week uh, about Star Wars, you know, much like this with a, a like a, a passionate yet tongue in cheek. We're not we're not starting any petitions this week. Angry nice. petitions against the <laughs> Disney Corporation. Nice. We're making fun of them. <laughs> yes. No. Nope. No. Nope. Just about buying Fox. That's it. So. All right, guys. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and uh, thank you everybody at ATC. We're going to be off for the next two weeks. Well, our, our year-end thank you drops next week. That'll be next week, and then we will be taking the uh, uh, first week in January off. Yeah. We'll be back uh, January 9th. So listen to an episode that you've probably skipped over. We have a bunch of, uh, in the catalog, we there have a, a, a little over 400. Yeah. yeah. And there's 70-something <laughs> spoiler apps on top yeah. of it. So Yeah, see one of those old movies, then listen to a spoiler. Yeah. Get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> podcast listeners are looking down at their feet in shame at the moment. They should. <laughs> they should. Um, well, thank you, Steele Saunders. Thank you, Aaron Brungard. Thank you, everybody at the ATC. We had a fantastic year. Uh, a lot of cool stuff happened, and it, we'll talk about It's all in the episode that'll drop next week. Yep. And the big thank yous to everybody. So my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Greedo never even shot. <laughs>